Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Well done, Holly. And Holly's friend who we've not met. Have we met? Once. Yes. Welcome. Ha. Ah. So Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 3 says, Your presence releases a fragrance so pleasing, over and over poured out. For your lovely name is flowing oil. No wonder the brides-to-be adore you. Did we get that? For your name, the name of Jesus, who is the lover of our soul, is flowing oil. And if you want to get all scholarly about it, which occasionally I like to, and I love play on words, because Jeremiah's got a lot of play on words when you look in the Hebrew. When it says your lovely name is flowing oil, the name, in Hebrew, the name, the word for the word name is Shem. And the name, Hebrew name for oil is Shemen. So if I read it out, for your lovely Shem is Shemen. Two letters, difference. One means name and one, name, one means oil. For where Jesus is, there is flowing oil. We know that. And we know the oil was used to anoint all the articles in the temple. We know the oil is a sign of the Holy Spirit. And so where we speak the name of Jesus and where we sow our presence into his presence first, into the presence of Jesus, and then we go to places, we carry that presence. And it becomes like oil becomes like oil and it flows. And without really having to do anything, stuff happens. Like tonight in the corner, just stuff happens because Jesus is here. Gold dust appears. I was in um, Justice House of Prayer, J-Hop, two Sundays ago. Um, where I re-recorded the message I gave in August because um, we didn't manage to get the recording of it, so I redid it in New York two weeks ago, and it's got American testimonies on there. So apart from that, it's the exact message all about um, an angel that helps us with numbers and about Jesus being our forerunner from Hebrews. So if you haven't heard it... um, It's great. I'm going to listen to it again because there's quite a lot in it that I need to hear. So um, 
yeah, so I was in um, Justice House of Prayer and within two or three minutes of just standing up, really not really saying anything other than, hi, I'm English. And I was just breathing in the Holy Spirit, really. I was just enjoying his presence. That two, um, so on the front row to my left, they started getting oil, or, uh, uh, gold all over their hands. There were two heroin addicts. Um, they'd only known Jesus for less than a week. And so they didn't know that sort of stuff happened. I could e overhear them saying, there is gold on my hands. What is going on? And the person that bought them was explaining to them what was happening. So this is not auto-suggestion. This is two people who found Jesus thinking, my goodness, um, I'm rich. <laughs> you know? And we are rich. Yeah? We are rich. And it just went on like that because it flowed. The oil just flowed. There was such a flow of the Holy Spirit and a flow of the oil. So there were people that were healed. Halfway through, I got a pain, which wasn't my pain, in my neck and my arms. And I said, this isn't my pain. This must be somebody else's pain. And people were healed of pain there, either completely or almost completely. There's about seven people who stood up. Just, you know, no fuss. Just Jesus came and healed them. And we can all do that. We can all breathe in the Holy Spirit and think, God, there's stuff happening over there. I didn't even know you were going to do that. And I was just breathing in. We can breathe. Yeah? And so we were praying with people, myself, Juliet, Claire, and Annalisa, for three hours, standing in the river, the silt river of God. Um, most of the time, my hands covered in oil. In fact, kids that came along, I actually got, um, so um, I s witnessed the second worst mess up of makeup in my life. The first one is still Jenny Fox. And if Jenny, you're listening to this, you still have the podium position for mascara running and makeup all over your face. She knows this. She's in New Jersey. Wonderful lady. This lady got silver position on the podium and um, her uh, seven-year-old was just cradled in her lap and makeup was running down her face, some of which ended up on my shirt and, and, then, and then most of it ended up on my shirt and my sleeve and I had to change my shirt when we went out for dinner but that was fine because we had our suitcase um, close by. And um, her little um, son just said, Mommy, what's, what's that on your hands? And she said, oh, it's um, uh, when she realized that she had gold dust on her hands, it's like heaven sprinkles. And so um, they went off and then they came back with you know, three or four of their friends and said, Mommy, Mommy, we've got heaven sprinkles as well. And they just, it was amazing. It just happened and it just, people got healed, there's breakthroughs. A lot of the ministers that they have in J-Hop, they said normally stick around for half an hour. We obviously got the world record for three hours. Um, so I just think next time we should go for four. But anyway, we were ready for dinner at that point. Um, 
But really, it's just an example of how Jesus flows when we speak his name. For his name is oil. That scripture talks about his name being like flowing oil. So no wonder the brides to be, we are his bride, adore him. I adore Jesus. Sometimes it's good just to stop in the middle of your working day and say, Jesus, I adore you. James 5, 14 and 15 says, we know this, is any among you sick, then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil. This is her, him or her with oil. In the name of the Lord. And what's quite interesting there is the fact that they're actually anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So they're anointing him with Shemin in the Shem of the Lord. Never noticed that before. Oh. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they will be forgiven him. So there is something in the flowing oil. There's something in oil. And I'm going to tell you a quick story about, um, has anybody heard the story of the dripping Bible? Hands up, if you know. Okay, probably about nine of you. So in... Um, I can't remember the exact dates, but it's been going on for a, probably about a year and a half now, Alan. Would that be about right? So a place called, I think, Dalton in um, Atlanta, no, in Georgia, near Atlanta. There was a 24-7 prayer place. It was going on. Sometimes they noticed a little bit of oil on the, on the walls. They were just pressing into God's word and just praying. And one day there was a drop of oil that appeared on somebody's bible it was in a particular psalm i can't remember the exact psalm it might be psalm 37 it's on the website sorry 39 thank you very much ha psalm 39 and um the next day the oil had gone through more of the psalms but it hadn't actually disrupted the writing that you have in your bible the annotations and so they thought, I'll put it in a Ziploc bag just so the oil doesn't get anywhere, you know, on your clothes and that sort of stuff. And then, and then the Ziploc bag became full of oil. And to cut a long story short, um, they now, so the Bible, that Bible continues to drip with oil. They now put it in a gallon container. When that gallon container is full, they empty the oil into um, little vials like this and they give it away and then they put the Bible again in the gallon container and it just drips with oil it becomes full they give it away so clearly there's something special about this oil it's odorless it's a mineral oil 
it's colourless. All, all we know from the website is they've done some basic analysis and it's a mineral oil. But actually when it's um, applied, clearly things happen, good things happen. There's been healings, there's been breakthroughs, etc. But that website and is keen to say it's, the, it's not the oil which we should be looking to, it's the giver of the oil. All right? So it's the giver of the oil. We don't need oil to be healed. We don't need oil for breakthrough. We don't, we, but we need Jesus. We need Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is our champion. He's shouting our name in heaven. It's Jesus. However, sometimes Jesus does unusual things. And he says, he says here you go, have some of this. This is a sign and a wonder. This sign points to me, to Jesus, and it's a wonder, yay, because it makes you wonder what's going on. Yeah? Ha. So, at some point when we're engaging with God uh, tonight, um, I have... Um, now I'm going to make sure that either very popular or unpopular. I think it'll be popular because I love him. I have two vials. One is for Shola. I'm sorry because I did promise that I would give one to him. But one's for me. And um, when we're just lying um, or soaking at the end, if you um, actually happy to come along and just anoint you with that oil. All right. So... Um, Let's be chilled about it, but let's be intentional, yeah? Does that sound good? Hmm. So that's a bit of a wonder, isn't it? I'll tell you what else is a wonder. <laughs> Translating in the Spirit's a bit of a wonder, isn't it? Because not many people talk about it. Can I talk about it? Is that all right? Not for long, but just for a little while. Whoa. Helen, are you good at playing shofars? Okay. Sun hasn't gone down yet, so. Shake out. So before I forget, Alan at some point is going to blow a shofar, which is here. Um, Any time when, when you feel the sun's gone down enough, you know. Because evidently Rosh Hashanah starts at sundown. I don't know what that, yeah? So I don't know when that is, but um, at any point, if Alan or anybody's good at blowing shofar, I can blow shofar, it's my shofar, well, it's Sandy Dirks's shofar actually. But I'm speaking, so I'm happy for um, Alan or anybody that Alan says, yeah, I'll blow this. Um, so. Before I get on to translation, I just want to say today is the ninth of the ninth. Shay. So nine in the Bible is about fruitfulness. We know that. How many fruits of the Spirit are there? Nine. It's there for a reason. We're on the ninth day of the ninth month. Today is Rosh Hashanah, which actually there's Jewish New Year, and Isabel's going to correct me if I'm wrong because she knows this stuff. 
but it lasts, I think, Rosh Hashanah for a couple of days. It's, it's, it's a period of seven to ten days leading up to Yom Kippur. Is that right? With ten days. Ten days, thank you. It was a, of atonement, yes? Whoa. And... So I got a, a WhatsApp from Happy Hour in Washington, north of D.C., uh, last night, this morning actually, from Annalisa, and um, hmm, and when I find it, I'll read it. And it says that the um, the guest speaker mentioned, and she felt this was for me, and and she didn't know what I was going to speak about today. And Annalisa says God's going to pour oil on on my our testimony today. We all have a testimony to what Jesus has done in our life and Jesus is and God is going to pour oil on that today. All right, which is the Holy Spirit. But we know that when something is seized up and is not working so well, what does oil do? It eases it and makes it begin to run freely and without hindrance. So God wants you to run without hindrance with freedom. He wants you to be slippy with his Holy Spirit oil. Hallelujah. Shaka. This is I wasn't going to say any of this. This is great. Love it. <laughs> Nothing has happened tonight was planned, so this is great. I love it. I love following what God's doing. It's, it's very easy. Hmm. Hmm. So Rosh Hashanah is the ninth of the ninth month and um, and so there's fruitfulness, but there's also, what else happens for nine months, ladies? Pregnancy. And then there's birth. There's a deliverance, that you deliver something to the world. Whew. So this day, this month, this hour is significant because for some, Shay. Sorry. That's right, I gave birth in May. I just don't want to... <laughs> there's, a give it, there's a giving... There's, you're going to give birth tonight. Some of you... That was kind of a rhema word, wasn't it? Whoa. I bet some of you thought I was never going to come up from that, didn't you? Yeah. Ha. If I wasn't speaking, I don't think I would have done, actually. But So let God do that any time, any place this evening. It will not put me off because it's Jesus, and Jesus has got this evening, he's, it's a safe place. You're in safe hands. You're in the hands of Jesus. And as we were holding several of your hands today, it's symbolic of the fact that Jesus has got your hand. 
He's going to show you stuff tonight. He's got your hand. He'll say, come, walk with me. Come, dance with me. Come, let me show you the fields that I have. Come, let me show you the garden that I want you to walk in. Ha! Okay, back to translation. Which is going places in the spirit and transportation is physically going somewhere. Okay? So before I talk about things, I would like to... Um, so did this happen in the Bible? Yes? Yeah? Ezekiel. 3 verse 12 then the spirit lifted me up and I heard a loud rumbling sound behind me it was the sound of the wings of the living beings that they brushed against each other and the rumbling of their wheels beneath me the spirit lifted me up and took me away later on five verses later Ezekiel he put out what seemed to be a hand which I hadn't read until now. I didn't actually realize that was there. So thank you, God. I'm being surprised all the time. He put out what seemed to be a hand and took me by the hair. That, okay, so for, the, for those that have either no hair or very little hair, this does not mean you cannot be translated in the spirit, which is great news, hallelujah, because I'm getting less or seem to be getting less. So I'll just cut that off now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Not cut my hair off. No, just cut those words off. <laughs> then the Spirit lifted me up into the sky and transported me in a vision to God to Jerusalem. Okay, so he was in Babylon. And Jerusalem, he just happened to be there in an instant. Was Jerusalem next door to Babylon? No. It was actually 500 miles away. Which in Old Testament travel would have been how many, for all you scholars, how many did they travel a day? 20 miles a day by foot? So, couple months travel, yeah? In an instant. Ezekiel again in 11 verse 1 says he put out what seemed to be a hand. So the hand of God is quite prevalent here. Took me by the hair, lifted me up and took me in another vision. 43.5 in Ezekiel, the spirit took me up and brought me into the inner courtyard and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And I heard someone speaking to me from within the temple. Elijah seemed to make a habit of transporting and whisking his way off in the spirit. Because when he, remember that bit when he went up, fiery chariots, and Elisha got the double portion? They said in 2 Kings 2, 16 to 18, then they sent out 50 men to look for him, right? Saying, perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him to some mountain or perhaps in some valley. Well, they wouldn't say that unless that was the sort of thing that he used to do. It was a habit. It was a lifestyle. It was clearly not the first time he just disappeared. 
Shay. Obadiah, remember Obadiah? Yeah. Servant, he was actually servant Ahab at the time. He came to Elijah because Ahab was trying to look for Elijah and Obadiah found Elijah and then he was afraid because Elijah might just, basically Obadiah said, stay there because I know what you're like. You could just whisk off and I'll come back and Ahab will kill me. In his own words, he says, As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master is not sent to search for you. And when they said he is not here, he made the kingdom or nation swear that they could not find you. And now you are saying, this is Obadiah, go and say to your master, brackets Ahab, Behold, Elijah is here. It will come about when I leave you that the Spirit of the Lord will carry you where I do not know. He must be pulling his hair out saying this. So when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. So clearly Elijah was up to this all the time. Elisha, like his master, 2 Kings 5.26, Elisha said to Gehazi, don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Can you remember that? When Naaman said, after we've been cleansed by the river, I don't want any reward. But Gehazi thought, mm, I, I want some. And he went off and actually tried to get reward even though Elisha didn't want it. And Elisha was there in spirit and knew what was going on. And my favorite one, and I'll do some New Testament ones. And I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures because actually this is prevalent. 2 Kings 6, 8, 2 Kings 6, 8 to 7.20. Elisha traps the blinded Arameans. The king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. But the man of God, Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by Elisha. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. So basically, Elisha knew what the king of Aram was talking about, even though he wasn't in the room. After a while, this enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and said, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, they replied. But Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. How would he know that apart from being in, in his bedroom in the spirit, listening into the conversations? And the question is, does that happen today? That happens to me a lot. All right, I'm going to give you some more examples, but I think this is a good juncture to just give you one quick story. This is not about me. This is just an illustration. 
I'm a scientist, I get proof. When this sort of thing happens to me, I send the person the email and say, were you in such and such a room? Were you talking about this 10 minutes ago? If so, fine. If not, bin it. The email comes back and said, yes, how do you know? Let's speak. And yes, it's sometimes during soaking, and yes, it's sometimes during worship, and yes, it's happened in the middle of a run. One time it was in the middle of worship. I was in the spirit to probably a place about 150 miles away. The person was having a conversation, a church leader, a national church leader who I knew okay, not that, not that well, with his wife, having a conversation. I'm not, clearly not going to tell you any more details as to where it is, what the person's name is. And um, it's actually in the soul book. Um, and that night, they were having a conversation, and I was in the room, I could hear every word, and essentially that night, if they didn't hear from God, they were going to give up their ministry of, I don't know, 20 years, 25 years, I don't know, a long, lot of years. I said to Juliet, my wife, I said, hang on, I'm just going to find a hedge I can sit behind because I'll probably be in tears, I don't want anybody coming up and ministering to me because I think I'm having a breakdown. I just need to make a phone call, I shall probably end up crying, and I don't really want anybody to come up and start saying, are you okay, when actually I am. So I sat behind a hedge, rang the person, and said, five minutes ago, were you talking about this? And there was silence, because it's quite a thing to say to someone, isn't it, that you don't really know that well, who's a national church leader, to ring them up and say that. There was silence and there was sobbing. And they said, this is a miracle. If I had not heard from God tonight, I would have given up my ministry. And we cried and we prayed. And about two years ago, I had the joy of embracing that person as they stepped off on the stage of a totally new ministry that they'd entered into. That's how much Jesus is interested in our lives, friends. That he's prepared to prompt people to do crazy things because he's interested in the one. He's interested in you. Jesus said to Nathaniel in John 1, 47-50, he said, here's Nathaniel, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know, Nathaniel said. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. He was there in the spirit. He, he knew what, what Nathaniel was doing. But what about when things happen, when we invite Jesus into the picture, because when we have these translation experiences, something happens with time. 
So once when I was actually in the middle of a run going down a country lane, I actually had a translation experience all the way to New York. It happened because at the time I was saying to Jesus, do you think this is a really a good idea? It's a dark road. You know, there are cars around. Um, all the way to New York, heavenly experience, all the way back, and no time had, had, had actually happened. No time. So when we invite Jesus into the boat, as it were, of our lives, what happens? A lot of stuff happens. It might be that we need to get to somewhere really quickly in terms of a breakthrough in a situation or something like that. John 6, 16 to 21. Remember the story. The disciples went out. Jesus stayed on one side of the, the, um, um, the sea. Verse 18, the sea began to be stirred because a strong wind was blowing. Then when they had rowed three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. So they invited him into the boat. And most sermons are about inviting Jesus into the boat, which is right and good and proper, because we need to invite Jesus into the boat. But then what does it say? They were willing to receive him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. They were three miles into an eight-mile-wide lake. As soon as they invited Jesus into their situation... You might feel you're on an eight-mile journey. And how am I going to get there? And I'm really struggling. Fill in, the, fill in the dots. There's so many. Acts 8, 26 to 40. Philip and the Ethiopian. Remember that one? I'm just going to skip a bit, but, you know... You know when Philip witnessed to the Ethiopian, then he appeared again at Azotus. He was taken up in the spirit. Read it for yourselves. How many miles was that? 30. How can you do that? How can you appear instantly in a place 30 miles away? It's a wonder. Okay, I'm going to give one example, then we're going to take the hand of Jesus Whew. I'm just asking God what example I'm, I'm supposed to give you I could give you some I could tell you about New York but it's in the soul book alright read the soul book there's an experience in there all about New York I actually got the person I actually got the conversation, the phone call, who they were on to in England, the name of the lawyer to which they were talking to, and the issue which they were talking about. Because they were deciding between one thing and another thing, a life decision. It's always useful. There's always something pragmatic. The heavenly encounters always have a practical application on here, on earth. Beth and I were talking about this earlier. It's the fact that actually, you know, these heavenly encounters sound amazing, but, but actually they have a benefit. God will break in. Hmm. 
All we have to do is say yes to God. And actually, he will break in in unusual ways. You might get a phone call from me. You might get a phone call from some one of us that is just lying, taking the hand of Jesus tonight. Or maybe in a month's time saying, actually, does this mean anything? I was in your kitchen, which looked like this. Oh, that's my kitchen, you know. I get to China, America, quite a lot. It's carbon friendly, it's green, very environmentally friendly. Thank you, Jesus. But can I just give you a, so I could, I could say these are all amazing, but can I just give you an example in two minutes of something that happened within several yards? One time at the bay. Rachel, Rachel Thomas, she, I, I, I've asked if I can share this. This was about a year ago. She said yes a year ago, but, you know, I haven't said it since then. It was in July 2017. I was here lying down soaking. She was where Nick was um, there in the spirit. And this is a very, this is a, a, a very proximal example. It's not, well, okay, it's all right for you, Mark, China, and all this sort of thing, because distance doesn't make any difference. She was just soaking in God. I was soaking in God. And in the spirit, I walked up to her and started speaking to her. Words which I didn't know, but I knew there were words from heaven because I could see the words that were coming out of my mouth were just um, had a life to them and they were speaking life to Rachel. At the end of the service, she came up to me and said, Mark, I just had this very unusual um, uh, encounter which I've never had before. And in the encounter, she said, it was about 10 minutes ago, you, you walked up to me in the spirit and came right across to me and was speaking words of life over me. Was that right or not? Well, it was. Right? Now, what's the purpose of that? The purpose of that is that she was checking something out to know it was a genuine experience of God. So she received the encounter, but also she knew what it was like so that she can then say to Jesus, yes to that next time because she knew it had the resonance of heaven because we need to check this stuff out because we know the enemy is trying to pervert all this sort of stuff through astral projection and all that sort of stuff. I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to give the enemy any credit, but that's what the enemy is trying to do in perverting the rainbow, perverting the um, you know, uh, uh, translation of the spirit through astral projection and all this sort of stuff that you would see um, in other places. Yeah? So we know that's not of God, astral projection, etc. But actually what the enemy's tried to do to frighten us away from what is a biblical reality which is why not many people talk about it. So there we go. So what I'm going to do, I've got some scriptures that I'm going to read while we're just engaging with God. Right. So in the last 11 minutes, and we'll finish by quarter past. Now, at quarter past, it's okay for you just to continue lying where you are, sitting where you are, but for those that want a cup of tea, or like to know that this is the end <laughs> at quarter past I will I will say I will basically thank Jesus and that's it but while you're lying down listening to some worship songs taking the hand of Jesus I might come round and if you've got your hand up in the air I'll just maybe anoint your forehead with some of that oil does that sound all right but it's about him so Alan's going to um, sound the show for a minute because it's getting quite dark now. I think, are we on sundown yet, Lydia? We are. Okay, so what I'm going to do is, 
I'm going to say one thing. Alan's going to sound the shofar. We're just going to let Jesus take us by the hands. So press into him. He's your lover. You're in a safe place. And some of the scriptures I'm going to read to you are about we're being wrapped up in Christ. The Passion Translation talks about being wrapped up in Christ. You're being wrapped up in Christ. And actually, that's actually what Jesus wants to do. Don't focus on, oh, I have to go to China tonight. I have to go to, no, you have to be wrapped up in Christ tonight. And the fruit of that sometimes is going to some other places. But, it's, but the thing that we want to be wrapped up in is we want to be wrapped up into Jesus. We're focusing on the giver. Does that sound, sound right? It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. Let him do the rest. Our response is yes to Jesus. And it's not what we feel either. Yeah? So don't, there doesn't have to be emotion. There can be emotion. There doesn't have to be. Jesus knows you. So if it helps to you, just say, where is Jesus in the room? And if you, I know he's everywhere, <laughs> but sometimes you think, actually, I need to move and be where Jesus wants me to be and take his hand. So, Alan, if you want to just sound the shofar and these guys will lead us into some worship and I'll read out some scriptures now and again. I'll do mine as well. Should we do it together? And that's it. That's the sign that actually this is a day, a year, a season of fruitfulness for you. And after this, I looked up and there were before me a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this.
Just take the hand of Jesus. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a man was caught up to the third heaven. He was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. Okay, we're going to carry on, but I did promise that we'd finish at quarter past-ish, two minutes over. So I just want to read out one scripture. So please, please, please continue engaging with God. We're going to do this at the front. Happy to, to, to um, pray with anyone. Um, well, before I forget, um, got a couple of dates. 11th of April, if that means anything to anybody, or 2831, it might be on a credit card, bank account number, but it also could be, if you do the numbers backwards, 1st of March, 1982. Okay, 1st of March, 1982, 2831, 11th of April. So I want to finish with, um, I might actually put these scriptures in a place where people can just access them, but it's all about... Um, the love of Jesus and engaging with him and I've read out a lot of scripture tonight and I don't apologize for that because we need the word of God we need the word and the spirit I'm choosing one scripture hmm Thank you, God. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. So Jesus, we continue to receive from you. We can just, I just release right now and impart visions, um, dreams, heavenly encounters. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We say yes to you. Come. We thank you for what you're doing. We speak a more and an increase right now into what you're doing. Come right now and break through. If there's a hard area, offer that hard area to Jesus right now and say, Jesus, break through this hard area. I need you. I need you to break through. Offer up that hard area to him and say, yes. I say yes to you, Jesus. say yes to you thank you Jesus thank you for these signs and wonders that point to you you who are the lover of our soul who is shining your name in heaven tonight tomorrow every day of our lives until we're with him and we can join in the song 
Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. The guys are going to continue to play. We're going to be down here at the front. I've got the oil. But have an amazing evening, have an amazing night, and have an amazing week. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen.